Hello everybody, thanks again for tuning into Revolutionary Lumpen Radio. This episode is another Patreon only one, so you can listen to the full thing for as little as like a dollar, I think. Or you can support us more if you want, that would be appreciated. But anyway, in this we're going to get started on my life story, so we can hopefully lead up to where I am today. And by then you'll understand how committed I am just because of my material conditions have literally forced me to be a revolutionary. There's no alternative. So here's a preview of what patrons get. Hello, my beloved Patreon supporters. So what I'm going to do, as you guessed by the title, is just literally start off with my life story, so to speak. I mean, it's going to be hard because obviously I haven't planned over it in this out, but I do think that it's important to just give you an idea of who I've been in multiple parts in my life. Obviously not the same person, like everything about me, my atoms, my cells, my consciousness, ideology, philosophy, everything about who I was, the material conditions, everything has changed in the 30 years of life that for some reason I've been given and given in the circumstances to deal, to do the best or even to do the worst um, that I could possibly do considering the circumstances. So we do this for Patreons because it's tough. I don't want to just keep releasing me reading out Marxist theory that I find particularly interesting as a form of like a thank you for your Patreon support. I think that that's grifting, I think that that's lazy, I think it's pathetic when I see it from other people that you could say are like revolutionary lumpen radio peers. It's just sad. Um, you can read yourselves. <laughs> um, you know, I don't have to do that for you and you should want more for your money. So I'm going to just give you obviously as deep and as personal as I can to hopefully give context and insight into everything else, like why I am the way I am. So let's get into it. I'll just start briefly on like some of my earliest memories, I suppose, or at least what I've been told throughout my life and has like merged itself into a memory. Okay, so I mean, I'll tell you what I know from like how I was brought into the world, so to speak, was like my mum and my dad grew up on Belvale Estate in Liverpool. Like my nan's, my dad's mum, my nan's past, I've mentioned them, I've mentioned it in the podcast. But my dad's mum, Janet, who died to COVID. And my mum's mum lives, like, literally on the street next to each other. Like, the houses are almost facing on opposite sides. Like, the back gardens are touching. So, obviously, my mum my dad grew up around the same street, same area. They must have obviously bumped into each other. I know that, like, my uncle and that was, like, just super cool and fun. They always play wrestling and things, so... And I don't know, obviously my mum and my dad fucking met. My mum was 16 years old by the time that she'd given birth to me. She was married a couple of years later. They had 
like a military wedding, like everybody's showing up in military gear, uh, military uniform for this military wedding in London from when my dad was stationed as the King's Guard in London, in Buckingham Palace. So my mum was staying in one of those like accommodations where like military families stay. And it was shit, obviously she's fucking barely experienced life whatsoever and just had a kid and then just had to care for me instantly while my dad like went off to fucking colonise fucking Northern Ireland. So that happened. He like cheated on my mum as well. He went to war without telling my mum or lied about it. So all these things is basically divorce. Like my mum is ever since is like a completely different story. But it's like obviously we'll circle back to that and how like my mum's mental health etc has affected me um, in my upbringing and, and my siblings' upbringing and things. But obviously that's just due to like me, me dad, isn't it? Um, so that was like, I don't know, I, I never really, I don't remember. In fact, I do kind of remember one memory where we, we were like eating, or no, they were eating because my dad came in and like I barely knew him at this point, but I must have been, like I'm skipping time. In fact, fuck it, I'll come back to it. So, like, what, I just know that when I was in a, ba a baby, the Queen's mother had looked at me in the pram, said I'm a beautiful child. So literally being commended by royalty. Little Shibby, did you know that? Um, and then obviously just cast away into the fucking gutter as a fucking peasant by royalty. Now that you know all about. <laughs> so, my dad would apparently pick me up when I was obviously too young, telling me, like, as a baby, with my mum there, like, I'm going to be a killer. He'd be like, you're going to be an amazing killer. You're going to be an amazing killer when you grow up. and Because um, obviously that's what the indoctrinate you with in the army. We talk about like the exploitation of labour in the Imperial Corps but like I mean soldiers are literally exploited their lives like they're just meant to their work conditions are not gonna improve when you fucking cut yourself on a cog in a factory. It's not gonna be a new procedure to stop that from happening again. All it's gonna do is like you're gonna go to military jail or killed. Like I mean that's that's it like and you know, I'm not sympathising, I'm just saying fucking, you know, workers haven't, don't, haven't really, don't really know what they're complaining about and even when you complain about something like the conditions in an imperialist, capitalist workplace, it's like and then you're trying to improve those conditions in this niche workplace while there's people fighting and dying for revolution or for imperialism like, and then you're just in the Goldilocks zone, saying, oh no, tuck me in. It's just fucking absurd. Went a bit detour, but... Anyway, yeah, so my dad fucking went crazy. He's so crazy that, like, my mum stopped him from seeing me. Um, he wasn't fit to be around, I think, me or my brother, who was a few years after me at the time. He just wasn't fit for it. He'd literally come back from war and his head would be in bits because I think like his mates got killed. Uh, there's one there's one of those days a year where he just like 
gets fucking drunk and uh, um, the whole day and I guess reminisces on, on that fallen comrade but we'll come back to this shit later like next like pff, how I know this is like just fucked up so anyways for like 17 18 years maybe maybe nearly all that time after you know I didn't see me dad whatsoever in fact on a few occasions when I'd visit me nan because I still visited me nan my dad's mum when I'd visit my other nan because he lived on the street opposite so like he occasionally he'd be there and I mean occasionally it was more like rarely um, in like 10 years he'd be there like 3 years and then we just kind of like just play as you do um, get fucking tossed about in the fucking air slam down you know wrestle you know, all these things are dead fucking fun for kids to do um, yeah we do that have a blast but like you know still go home still just my mum still be one person bringing money into the house and it was all just like social benefits essentially um, nothing more like my mum never smoked she never drank she never took any kind of drugs but would always be hungry like very rarely be food I very rarely have clothes to wear for my whole life my whole life this was until like I actually had my own job until about until I was like 23, 24 and even then I'd spend like most of my wages on weed you know what I mean so it just but anyway maybe once you hear the previous 24 years of my life you'd fucking understand why I would be susceptible to that escapism um, in, in my first proper job what happened was I just some I mean I just remember like I don't really I just kind of remember the odd thing but again this is what people have told me in one place and I th miss it must have just been me and my brother um, in Kensington uh, uh, just a few memories there in fact at the school I just remember like injuring myself at the school like uh, just fuck me face up or something smash the fucking concrete and you know the fucking concrete in schools is not exactly fucking flat or nothing is it it's just like a load of fucking tiny skull stones melded together it's fucking it's that's like grazing your gear easily so anyway smash your face and went home it's like one of the only memories and then uh, it must have been it literally must have been when I lived in Norris Green after that for like years Norris Green in Liverpool if you research it it's just like literally you've got like Ross Kemp's on gangs TV series where he goes around sees like fucking Colombian and Mexican and fucking Russian gangs all around the world and then he ends up in fucking Liverpool in Norris Green <laughs> with these fucking load of lads with machetes and all fucking all the shutters and that because it was just like it was just gangland like I mean out there's nothing but a big massive estate yeah and then like just major hungry scouses just majorly hungry uh, yeah and it's just like because of the area because it's so far away from the city centre but or so far away enough from like Manchester and all that because it goes down the east like Lanks 
it's just like kind of left alone by the police in a way just because of like the geography uh, but it is just major 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 crime there um, I remember when I lived in Norris Green my brother actually saw he must have been about fucking five years old or something saw or maybe younger must saw a fucking drive-by shoes <laughs> like, like a drive-by somebody's house gets shot up out the car and then I actually found um, like a 9mm bullet on the fucking floor and I ended up trading that bullet <laughs> with a kid in school um, I must have been literally like 7 years old and, and I traded that bullet with a kid in school for Nintendo's uh, Pokemon trading card game on the Game Boy <laughs> okay so that's it if you want to hear any more you gotta subscribe again for as little as a dollar on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast just goes a long way you're gonna see me do major revolutionary shit once we've got enough support there but if not i'll catch you next time probably with an interview episode i think love and solidarity and as always workers and lumping of the world Dream of falling in love Anything you've been thinking of When the world seems